so today is Thursday the 26th of January and I've just flown into Perth and as you can see settled in to my hotel room. Some people know I was coming to Perth to do a podcast but I guess what I didn't tell anyone was that I was actually coming to do it with my dad who I haven't seen or spoken to for 10 years. Um, yeah, so I've just written a little something that I can pre-record um, before seeing him because I just while I've got a clear head and before I see him tomorrow, I'd rather put things into context before, yeah, whatever happens tomorrow happens. I don't really know what to expect, um, but just to let everyone know, so... I lived in Perth for two years when I was 21, 22. Um, I moved here to play footy for Peel Thunder in the Waffle, uh, which is based in Mandra. For anyone who doesn't know, that's an hour south of Perth. And at the time, my dad and I didn't really talk, so I had no idea, but he lived about 30 minutes away from Mandra in Rockingham. Um. So, yeah, I'm not really sure how much of my memory is truth from our history or maybe maybe it's just easier for me to remember it this way. But, uh, yeah, I'll go through my recollection of things. So, if you've listened to my mum's podcast at all, you'll know that my mum left my dad while they were living in Sydney just before I was one um, after finding out that he was seeing someone else. And I don't really have any memories of him until I was around 10 years old. So um, I saw him a few times before that, but nothing of significance or anything that I can really remember. So my first memory is flying solo to Sydney from Melbourne on a Qantas plane. And any kid who's ever flown solo knows that you get absolute VIP treatment if you do that, which was pretty much the best thing of the trip. Um, so I went there for school holidays to stay with him and his wife at the time, who, to be honest, was awful, and she absolutely fucking hated my guts. Um, biggest memories, one day we went down to the beach and I got absolutely burnt to a crisp. I looked like a lobster and that night... I think when we got home from the beach, I was carrying on and basically got sent to bed early. It was, I remember it was still sunny outside and, yeah, she said I was carrying on like a little brat sent me to bed with a jam sandwich for dinner and, yeah, that was that was basically my first real memory and wasn't wasn't great. So fair to say I didn't really want to go back. Um I don't really remember else much else for the next seven years. So I'd see him maybe once every two years, um, not really that I can remember too much of. And I might get a phone call once a year, um, sometimes for my birthday, sometimes not. Um, sometimes I wouldn't hear from him for a year. Fair to say communication was never really or never has been a strong point. Um, and he'd often go missing for long periods of time. So... As a kid and growing up, even till now, it was never really much of a surprise and it wasn't even a disappointment. It was just what it was. Um, probably really fortunate I had such an amazing mother who, yeah, that's just what I knew. So 
I guess fast forward from there till 2008. Um, I was 17, turning 18, and I was selected in the Vic Country under-18s team to play against Western Australia, and the game was in Perth. So he was living in Perth by this stage, and he found out that I was playing, I'm assuming through my mum, and he got in contact. So we went out for dinner um, the night before my game, and with him and his mate and it was, yeah wasn't good wasn't bad it was just what it was and then the next day I went out and played um and we had a great win against Western Australia they were the red hot favorites and I ran around and tagged Daniel Rich so that was a bit of fun um Pretty much that game was mid-year and then from there again didn't hear from him until November when I got drafted to the Bulldogs. Um, came back on the scene, heard from him, touched base and then the next time was in March of 2009. Um, after pre-season, I was selected to play in a pre-season game against Essendon which was a massive deal for me. Um, I was a rookie. Not No one really played in that game from our draft and it was a huge game. Everyone wanted to play because it was the Black Saturday bushfire appeal game in front of nearly a full stadium of 50,000 people and growing up I was an Essendon supporter so I really wanted to play against them and guys who I'd you know, grown up loving and supporting and wanted to play in that match. So... I got that opportunity and a surprise to me, he flew over, um, my dad and his best mate, and watched that game, which I was putrid. Um, but that's a different story. Got one kick, kicked it out on the full. That was the end of my career. Um, so pretty much from that game onwards, I didn't hear from him again. Um, my footy career didn't really exactly take off, so... There was probably no real reason for him to get in touch or at least that's how I felt anyway. Two years later, uh, 2012, after being delisted, I moved to Perth. It's funny, when I played in the Vic Country game in Perth, under-18s, I just fell in love with the city for some reason. We were just here for a couple of days, but I just thought it's such a beautiful city and if I ever get the opportunity, I would love to move over here um, it was just so different to Melbourne and different to anything I'd ever seen before so that opportunity did come I was recruited by Peel Thunder and I moved over here so I don't think he had any idea about that and then at some point during that year I got in touch with him and we started to see a little bit of each other so at one point my girlfriend who I moved over here with and I broke up and I actually moved in with him for a few months until I could get some things sorted and get a house of my own. So I'm sure that was probably just as strange for him as it was for me at the time. And again, young, 21, I thought, you know, maybe it was a good idea, um, a good chance to connect. But yeah, not much changed. And yeah, this isn't to say that he's a bad person or anything because he's not. Um, I just, we never had bad times. We never had good times. It was just if we caught up um, or when we see each other, which tomorrow after 10 years, it's like, 
I don't know. It's almost like nothing's ever happened. It's just we talk. It's really weird, but it's hard to put into words. So after that, things drifted apart again um, to the point where we didn't talk at all for the last six months that I lived in WA. And I've never been able to understand how a father can just go missing and not contact their son. Um, It's something that's forever baffled me. And in the end, I left Western Australia. No goodbye, nothing. And he wouldn't have even known that I'd gone back to Victoria. Um, So I went back home for the first year. I thought, I wonder when he figures out that I've actually left WA and moved back to Victoria if he'll reach out and ask why. So, but that never happened. And then two years went by that I was living in Victoria. A couple of years went by and sure enough, now 10 years have gone by and yeah, never heard a word. So it sounds really horrible to say and I'm sure other people can relate but for the past couple of years, I'd really, in my mind, come to terms with us never speaking again. I'd thought time and time again that one day I would just get a phone call informing me that he'd passed away. I didn't know how or when or why, but that's just how I imagined the story would play out Um, because it had been 10 years. So, And then... I'd always play in my head and ask myself, when that call comes, do I go to the funeral? And I could never answer that question, which, yeah, that was, that's been a something that I've probably battled with, I guess, which is shit, when you don't know the answer to that question. Um, so... He is or was a very heavy drinker and I thought that one day that would catch up to him and or something would happen to him and then I'd get that phone call. So basically I was right. On February 24th, 2022, I received a phone. Uh, I didn't get a phone call. I got a message request on Facebook from one of his friends. Um, so this is what it read. Hi, Jamo. It's been a while since I've seen you or spoken to you. I just had a phone call from Maxine, Daryl's sister, to say that he is in hospital and not in a good way. She's trying to get in contact with the people that matter and has asked if I could track you down. I don't know too many details, but she's asked if we don't contact him directly as he's confused and unpredictable. Are you able to contact Maxine or send me your number to give to her? Sorry to contact you this way, but I didn't know how else to get to you and Maxine to get to you and Maxine the capacity to get in contact. I understand you and your dad haven't always had the best relationship. So if you aren't interested in updates, then let me know so we can stop annoying you. Hope you're well otherwise. So that was in a pretty shitty week. Um It was the same week that my partner and I had just broken up and she'd moved out of the house. So you could imagine I wasn't in the best of headspaces as it was. 
and I just didn't know what to do. So if I call, what what the fuck do I what do I say? And then if I don't call and then he dies, what sort of impact does that have on me moving forward? So I called and I spoke to Maxine and she explained what was going on. So basically he was heavily drinking from what I understand and his body and organs had gone septic for the second time. She also said that he told her directly not to contact me and I'm not really sure why she did but before I could get off the phone to her she pretty much didn't give me an option and asked me to talk to him. I remember pacing in my lounge room just thinking what the fuck am I actually going to say like this is it's yeah just weird um but we probably spoke for 30 seconds and uh he was really out of it um don't even know he probably can't even remember the conversation to be honest but it was yeah I just said hope you're well well yeah and we will once you get out we'll talk that was pretty much the conversation so from what i understand that was pretty much going to be it he was in a really bad way and with mum's medical background i spoke to her and she said there probably wasn't much of a chance that he was going to get out of hospital alive um so that was it i didn't hear anything else from maxine after that point and that i assumed he was still alive because i just didn't hear anything else so three months later um june 5th which was his birthday something came over me and i just thought fuck it i'll be the bigger person i messaged his friend that messaged me to say to get in contact with maxine and asked for his number and i rang him for his birthday and I thought maybe he's embarrassed um, and maybe I just need to break the ice because he's almost died um, and if I break the ice, you know, again, who knows. So I called and just like normal, it was a weirdly normal conversation. Um, how are things? What have you been up to? Thanks for the call. I hope you're well. A couple of minutes no surprise like yeah so that was it that was the last time we spoke and the second time we'd spoken in 10 years until the 3rd of December last year when I yeah sent this message uh, hi dad I never know whether to call him Dad or Daryl, um, but yeah, I guess he is my father. I'm looking at coming over to WA over the Australia Day weekend for a few days. I was thinking of hiring a car and coming down to visit for a day. I'm wondering if I did, if you'd be interested in catching up and possibly being on my podcast. So I thought there's no chance he would want to 
talk about his life on my podcast. But 30 minutes later, I get love to see you and whatever you have planned, maybe we can catch catch up with Beck too. Beck is his friend that messaged me um, and has been his friend for years and years. And when I lived in Perth, um, I saw Beck a bit. So, yeah, from there, um, here I am. So, in 24 hours, I'll be seeing my dad again for the first time in 10 years and asking a bunch, bunch of questions that I never thought I would and try to make some sort of sense of who he is and why he is the way he is. I know that there's a few people who know that I'm coming to do this and they've got consent, concerns and wonder if I'm going to leave with more questions that I've come with, which, yeah, I guess is a possibility. Other people who are hearing this for the first time are probably wondering why the fuck I'm doing this. And I guess for me, for the past 12 months, I've been preaching through socials and through this podcast that we never really know anyone's full story and that we should ask deeper questions and get to know the people around us more. And that got me thinking, the one person that I fully do not understand in my life, I haven't really tried to understand or ask any questions. So... I have no idea what his childhood looked like, um, what sort of impact the army had and tours had on him. So I figured what sort of hypocrite am I if I don't at least try and understand So, I don't really have any expectations. I'm not sure how much damage the alcohol has had um, on him mentally. What's going to come of this, or if he's got, yeah, can wreck, can tell me much about his life. Um, so, yeah, I really don't know what I'm walking into tomorrow, whether it'll be podcast worthy um, or not. So, but I guess we're about to find out. So thanks for listening. And hopefully if anyone's in a similar boat, that this can somehow help. Thanks. Thanks.